Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I was getting annoyed in my relationship because I was always helping my other half with his business. And I all of a sudden got my ego kind of took over and was like, why do I never get that back? Why doesn't he help me with my business? And it should be equal in a relationship. You know, all this stuff that we tell ourselves. And then I was like, hold on a second. I'm supposed to give in the way that is easy for me to give. And he's supposed to give in the ways that are easy for him to give. So instead of trying to be all the things that you think you have to be, to be a good partner you're better off just emphasizing the stuff that comes really easy to you because that's what's going to make them feel most satisfied with what they're receiving from you hello and welcome to the not perfect podcast my name is poppy jamie a recovering perfectionist and the founder of award-winning mindfulness app happy not perfect like the app this show is about hitting pause and taking time to look after our mind and soul In this series, I explore how we can make life better in 2020. How can we reduce stress, enjoy life, bounce back from setbacks and get in flow? My guests will be sharing their expert advice and I hope you join me on the journey. Our theme music is courtesy of Mindstream. Visit mindstream.com to learn more about how their music and environments help you sleep, relax, focus and move or find their music on any streaming platform. Let's crack on with the show. Today's episode is with Jenna Zoe. She is one of the leading experts in human design. So I've known Jenna for years and we've spent many hours, many late nights discussing this. So I'm very excited to bring her on the podcast today to share more about human design. You're really in for a treat. What's your favorite quote at the moment? It's like a quite overused one and it's something, It's it goes, if you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life. And it's just, it, I think quotes are so simple that sometimes we read them quickly on Instagram and then we don't even take like the depth of what they really mean in. Um, but this one is so important because I think as like a whole, and especially with my community, we're really... I'm really noticing that so much of what holds us back is that so many people associate work with having to be this like hard thing, this heavy thing, something that validates us. You know, you can't even congratulate someone on their success without being like, but I've worked so hard for it. Thank you so much. I've worked so hard for it. Whereas actually like one of the things that I really try to focus on is helping people see that if you're using your inherent gifts, things that come easy to you, they come easy to you for a reason because you're supposed to be doing them and therefore Mm it's not supposed to feel hard if you're doing it the right way and with the right approach. Um, So I guess trying to like. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. take out the validation by how much we struggle and stress out of our like calling what you've just said resonates because I grew up with a dad he's an entrepreneur who was very much like hard work hard work and it was you know my mum would be or you know would always remind us well dad works so hard Mm. and I very much experienced almost being addicted to work in the mm. sense I just thought work harder work harder get safer get safer kind mm. of thing which has ended up in burnout and all sorts of things so where do you think this epidemic I mean I do think it's an epidemic mm-hmm. of us all assuming that work does have to be this quite painful really hard work struggle mm. it's well it's interesting because not the whole world has it so you can look at a lot of the places that I guess do have this um, infection (laughs) this epidemic of that belief system is like traditionally quite puritanical um, and Christian uh, Mm. backgrounds historically and if you kind of I mean we're going super deep super quick but essentially back in the day you know if you go back 100 years or 200 years even more an easy way of, I guess, controlling the tribe or controlling the masses for people that were at the top. And this is not like a conspiracy or anything like at all. It's just if you're going to try to make people do what you want and it's your agenda and you're at the top and you just want to get done what you want to get done, you validate people by how hard they work, right? Because then that's going to ensure that they're going to do that for you. Mm. So it's like a very sort of like entrenched, I guess the belief system got entrenched in Christianity. I don't think it's inherently Christian if you want to talk about like pure religion and the like most idealistic version of itself Um, and it's definitely not like high consciousness or anything like that but I do feel that that's like the the root of the of the collective conditioning basically that we're undoing if you go to India and if you go to if you look into Buddhism like those things are not necessarily as um, emphasized what's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently again it's a really simple one but I keep coming back to it which is that um I'm going to be so much happier when I accept other people are different from me. And that's pretty much the basis of my entire work, but I am still the I'm still a person that needs to learn it so much because so much of our dissatisfaction in relationships comes from like, well, why did they do this? And they shouldn't have done that. And we're assuming that the person works the exact same way as us, which is why we can't understand their behaviors. Mm. But if we think of their behaviors as just like side effects or symptoms of like what their real thought process is internally, which is totally different from ours, it gives us this ability to see that the reason why I might do uh, pick up a cup of coffee is a different than some, the reason why someone else might pick up a cup of coffee. So we can't analyze people through our lens of like why we think we would do something so it's called anthropocentric which means like we assume that everyone works exactly the same way as us so for me every time I'm like upset with someone judging someone especially people that are close to me I'm annoyed I'm feeling like you know they don't get it or I'm stupid or whatever it is it's always bringing me back to that which is like hold on a second though like try and get back to 
understanding why someone might have done that because once you give your once you give them the empathy and you try to understand their thought process you can't you that understanding you can't be judgmental yeah so that one keeps coming up for me because um you know always i guess like the places we're most tested is in our very very intimate relationships you know so like my other half my super close friends family um all that kind of thing and they are the people that give me the most material for my work <laughs> yeah right it's yeah. that's what is i think so incredible about romantic relationships is Sometimes we experience the challenges in them and we see that as signs for why we shouldn't be in it. But perhaps Mm. really it's a sign for why we should be in it. Yeah, so true. And it's an interesting line because I think also a lot of people, especially women in the spiritual space, almost there's like a little bit sometimes like it's a fine line because you can martyr yourself and think like I'm here to save this person. I'm here to help this person. Like then it becomes like a bad way of saying and learning about spirituality or learning about your growth but if you kind of have like clear boundaries over like how much I step in to help you versus how much you help yourself and obviously then like your fighting style or your um, communication style and all that stuff is healthy it doesn't become this like heavy thing that weighs on you you just get to learn like and for me my partner's genuinely everything I think I judge him for is something that I then like it's uncovering something that I judge about myself that I just didn't even know before and that's really lovely. Can you give us an example, actually? Yeah, oh my God, so many. Where do I start? So, you know him. He's very, very busy and he's always part of his business. He's an art dealer. Part of his business is being out with clients and often at like parties or big events and those kinds of things. And it kind of annoyed me that he really struggles with like trying to be cool or trying to seem cool in my eyes. Nothing to do with him, <laughs> but struggling to like come across a certain way and this and that. And then. You know, just because I'm not in that same um, circle, let's say, it showed me that I'm still struggling with like how much fun I think I am versus how much I judge myself for being too boring sometimes or being too fake sometimes or wanting to be like not fake, but like almost like desperate to be social or whatever. Um, So it uncovered. So once I stripped away all the like details of what he was going through, it kind of showed me that I'm still like I still have an issue with that. Oh my gosh, again, that really resonates with me. I've definitely been in those scenarios where you've kind of judged someone else's behavior and actually Mm -hmm. really it's illuminating your questioning or fear of not fitting in or not being accepted. Totally. And that's just like, what I mean, Poppy, I can give you a hundred examples. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that because um, (laughs) that was really honest and that was lovely. Thank you. (laughs) And how do you define happiness? I was thinking about this yesterday like super clearly where I was thinking about how I when I was in my early 20s and I was getting into like spiritual um I guess like seeking for want of a better word you know there's like this very I think you take it literally when you first come into it and you're all like love and light and everything's amazing and you almost like it's such a high to feel like you like there's something like this that exists where it's like all happy and bright and sparkly and perfect and you don't want to like you know ever say a bad thing or a negative thing or you don't want to whatever and um I think that gave me like a base kind of like not lasting version of happiness Um, but it brought me out of where I was before so it was obviously like a good stepping stone and then I kind of like veered to the opposite where I'm all like okay now I need to look at my shadow and the things that I do and I want to grow and I want to like look at my imperfections or the things I still do that are wrong and this and that and sometimes with that comes a little bit of like Ugh, you know, like a bit of healthy cynicism, I'd say, over like the spiritual world. We go like, mm, you know, like I don't buy this or this is a little bit overrated or, you know, sometimes am I doing this for the wrong reasons or am I just doing it on the surface?
surface, but I'm not really like practicing it underneath or whatever, that kind of stuff. And then I think like phase three is where you really embrace all the bad stuff without attaching to it, embrace all the good stuff and just take everything as it is. And you see that everything is love and everything is light, like all the shit stuff. Like you can enjoy the bad things too because you're like, oh, this is temporary. This is an experience of being human. Like I'm me, how grateful I am to be alive. Like I heard, um, do you know Sadhguru? Yeah, of course. I heard him say like, you know, every time you wake up in the morning, there's about 250,000 people that have died overnight because of just natural death. Like they just died in their sleep. So you should smile because you like made it through the night. And then you should also smile if everyone who's closest to you also made it through the night. And like, that's such a gift. And it changed everything about the way I thought about things. Cause I was just like, wow, like what if I start acting as if literally everything is a miracle and not in that she, she woo woo, like too cheesy kind of way, but just genuinely like, wow, let me just experience this moment for what it is. Cause I'm alive. And it like totally, like it's one of those things where you just like, you hear it and it like changes everything. I I absolutely agree. One thing that for me, I've been every single day really taking a moment to go, wow, is when you're walking. Because I just think Mm. our physical health is just, again, something that we really do take for granted. Mm. And how great we feel when we're able to move our body. Mm. You're my massive inspiration on that because you went through a phase of like always posting your like morning walks for like mental health and stuff and I started walking more because of I'd see you doing it all the time and it, there's such a magic to it because you genuinely do just get out of your head when you walk it's it's like this crazy magical but simple trick like, I know sometimes we overcomplicate things so much and it's just like a walk and sort it out really do So let's dive into human design because I know this is actually, I know it's been around, um, you know, for a few years, but for many people, this is very new. Mm. What is it? Mm. Okay, so um, it was discovered in 1987. So it's like fairly new compared to the old modalities of astrology and the chakras and Kabbalah and the I Ching, the Chinese I Ching, which those are the four modalities that it pulls from. And essentially, you know how in astrology, we you talk about the different planets and their positions. In human design, they also talk about the planets and the different positions, but they talk about it from a perspective of, and just to get a little bit scientific, there are subatomic particles called neutrinos that are basically coming to the earth from outer space all the time. We're living in this like constant sea of neutrinos that are coming. And what human design says is that they contain information, like all these different things, which you know, like you walk into a place, there's a certain energy or a person has a certain vibe, like... It just is a way of measuring that, basically. And so what human design says is that your soul has a specific um, energy here that it came to embody, a certain way of being, a certain um, thing that it comes to accomplish. And based on the place where you're born and the time where you're born, you're born into a specific neutrino field, right? So right now, if a person was born in this room, they would take on the energy as their like baseline energy of what is going on right now so we measure that basically by considering where the planets were and the angles that they're at compared to like um, based on the time you're born and also three months before you're born which is when they say like the soul implants into the body so there's two dates and what it does is it says okay those planets were in these positions they're activating certain um, neutrino uh, streams to come towards us and we then absorb those streams so it's a little woo woo but if you look into like physics and everything like neutrinos is that's like a science that's like really developing there as well um but it's just the the actual chart itself of your human design your individual design which you can easily look up by knowing your birth time will tell you like this is the way that you are supposed to function so when you're using your energy correctly you're getting more bang for your buck in the sense of like 
you're going to put your energy in the right things and and use it on the right stuff that's going to come to you, right opportunities, saying yes to the right things, either being consistent or inconsistent or waking up early or being home late or whatever. When you're living as who you're supposed to be, life obviously wants you to continue doing that. So it's going to open more doors for you to say, keep going. Like, this is the right way to go. It's kind of knowing you're in alignment and Mm. you're getting those little kind of universe nods um, of encouragement. So if I went online and I I looked up my human design, Mm -hmm. what information would I be given? So you want to go to right now, the best two sites are either mybodygraph.com or jovianarchive.com. I recommend mybodygraph.com. You put in all your birth information and it's going to bring up this like chart that looks crazy. It's like tons <laughs> of numbers and lines and squares and shapes, and but it's all within like a human body drawing. And um, they correspond to basically different parts of your genes that are expressed or strong in you and then certain other parts that are not expressed. Like, for example, you didn't need a certain quality this time around, so why would you try and be it? It's white in you. You don't need it, right? There are five what we call energy types. So the en- your energy type, you have tons of different things you within your chart, like descriptions, I guess, but your energy type is basically the way that you're supposed to be exchanging energy with the world around you. So that's with people, that's with opportunities you want to bring into your life, that's with God, the universe, whatever you want to call it Um, anytime you're exchanging you're giving and receiving you want to be doing it according to your energy type and there are five different energy types essentially that is less of a like it's not so much like it doesn't really tell you about your personality it just tells you about your relationship to energy which is kind of cool because different people have different relationships to energy and when you say energy what do you actually mean by that let's say for example everyone wakes up in the morning and has a specific amount of energy that day to use it's like your battery that you get to use I mean, nowadays, there's more choice than ever on what to use your energy on. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're all leaking this energy on all these other shiny things that we could be doing. So that's what I mean by using your energy the correct correct way. Are you someone, are you a manifester who's who's meant to just like be spontaneous and act out and can reach out and just say, I want to do this, I want to do that. And that's how things happen for you. Are you supposed to be a generator like you where it's like something is meant to excite you first. Something comes to you, you feel excited by it and then you go get it. Are you supposed to be more like a manifesting generator who's a little bit of a hybrid of those two types, but they have to like you they have to wait until something excites them but they change their minds a lot quicker and they always have to be doing many more things at the same time they're much more multi-dimensional whereas a generator is more like an oprah or a jailer where they spent their career like really honing and refining and getting to the top of their field by like constantly having this dance with their skill and then you have projectors who are supposed to be actually cultivating their wisdom and waiting for people to actually recognize that they have something to share before they share it Um, And then you have reflectors, which are only 1% of the population. And reflectors are basically people who they have this real need to be spontaneous and to act out. But really, that's wrong for them because they're supposed to be really waiting a month to um, have the, I guess, like the truth revealed to them. They're they're quite impatient people. And they before acting, they really have to like learn to wait it out and learn to be patient because that's how things, you know, kind of shake down and you start to see the wood from the trees when things kind of like settle a bit. So that's their lesson. And really the only reason in in my eyes where we all have these different energy types is because like they're here to make us learn to be different than what our like impulses might be or what our conditioning might have told us to do. So bearing in mind there is five energetic types, how do you recommend each one responds to decision making? Because Mm. like we've addressed that we are overloaded in choice. Mm. What's the best way then to decide? So the second, I guess, like 
factor that comes in after your energy type is something called your authority what human design does is it separates all the different decision making parts of our bodies and tells you which one is the one you're supposed to be listening to so for some people that's their emotions for some people that's their gut for some people that's their instinct and it's very confusing because most people say gut instinct gut instinct but the gut and the instinct are two different things um then some people have the heart some people have um the the ego Um, some people have their mind and some people um, are supposed to bounce those ideas off other people so it's like Mm -hmm. some people they think they know what they want but actually when they voice it when they get it out when they so like my fiance is one of those people it's like he can think and think and think and think in his head but when he's forced to actually formulate it into a linear um, description or like a sentence that actually is what helps him get clarity it's not about what the other person says back it's about hearing it come out of your own mouth and needing that kind of bounce back for me for my type I know now that I'm not supposed to it doesn't work out well when I like reach out to people and like say I want to collaborate with you or can I come on your podcast or any of these type of things whereas like for someone else that could be energetically correct so I spent a lot of my early years in a different life doing a different business you know 10 years ago trying to make stuff happen in a way that wasn't making anything happen for me you know so it's kind of like a way of realigning you back to almost like balancing yourself out a little bit balancing your your character swings out if that makes sense for your kind of your journey in learning human design mm-hmm. um jenna had two businesses before she um started studying human design but what was the greatest shifts in your life you've seen and have has really positively impacted you mm-hmm. from learning about your energetic type oh my gosh okay so when i like i said i had two i had food businesses two food businesses um and i did those for seven years and i literally um i started a vegan sweets business um 11 years ago now mm. it didn't exist at the time and I did everything Poppy I like woke up super early in the morning I like pushed I did all my own accounts my own deliveries my own everything like literally I made my own stuff in the beginning did all the packaging by hand everything and obviously you know we we um refined the processes and made everything more efficient as time went on but I witnessed how much work I was putting in and getting so little back even though in theory it was a great business and the product was amazing and people kept telling me the product was amazing I now see that for me that wasn't right like how much I had to push down the door of trying to get into certain retailers and this and that like it just didn't work for me I was literally depleting myself and not getting any like bang for my back back mm. um then I started just randomly when I got into human design and I learned about it I started doing readings for people on the side of that business because my friend was like who's an intuitive was like you have to do this you're so good at it she told me her best friend wanted a reading the best friend told someone else like it totally happened organically I didn't even try to make it a business it came into my life and totally took over because I started making more money on the side than I was in my day business wow and that's when I realized like oh so maybe there is a different way to do this than like being so like contriving and controlling and having that small energy where it was like needing to have like a pushing for a certain outcome to happen and doing it in a way that didn't feel like it was right to me because I thought that was the right way to do it so to be able to share that message because it was such a relief to me I like just get excited to like tell anyone that any other time because it's totally revelatory you know and it's really interesting because because what you touch upon is something I've been talking about a lot recently with friends in the sense that we are becoming trapped by our identities. Mm, and wow. kind of sounds like 
mm-hmm. human design for you freed yourself from an identity you'd constructed yeah so for me definitely I've kind of you know at times I was so attached to my work identity like mm-hmm. I founded this or I created mm-hmm. this and actually when you even contemplate a future without it there is this sense of like fear of failure or mm. fear of all of these things yeah and it sounds like you really broke out of that by mm. detaching yourself from again uh, so much stress comes from external outcomes or mm-hmm. the outcomes we really want yeah so true and and what was really i guess a turning point for me was later on towards the end of my business the last 2 3 years i watched tons of girls our age start a business similar to mine and just like swoop right past me you know like literally (laughs) make like just go stratospheric and I was like I guess there was a moment there where I was like wow I can either like resent this and think poor me why me blah 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 or I can say hold on a second maybe there's nothing wrong inherently with starting a food business maybe that it's just not the right thing for me but it was the right thing for them which is why they got success with it how does human design for example Mm. breakups how do people use human design when they're trying to navigate the relationship they should be in or should be looking for? So what's really interesting is when you read charts and you see one person's chart and you're comparing it to another. So I love like, you know, like if I'm doing a relationship chart, right? And obviously people want to know like, are we compatible? Is he the one? How How can I tell if this person's right for me? And actually the theory is, is that if everyone has the right consciousness, you can put any two people together and they would be like a great match, right? The two things that you want to look for though is that when you're looking at a chart, there are some relationships where they have tons of opposite stuff. They work totally different ways and that creates like chemistry because there's someone so different from you. It's fascinating. It creates this electricity literally when your energies are together because your your energies kind of merge temporarily whilst you're close to someone. So those are relationships where there's like a ton of chemistry, but then there might not be on the other end of the scale you have people that are together that are super similar. They literally have almost basically the exact same chart. And those are relationships where there's like a lot of friendship, right? So obviously most people in in between are somewhere a mix of the two where there's chemistry and there's friendship, but it's a scale. And so the first thing is to really get to know like what your preference is. And if you want both, then it's going to have to be somewhere in the middle, you know, somewhere on that scale. Um, But I think a lot of people think that they have to want both, whereas actually there's one that they usually would prefer. And your chart can show you this. So, you, no, your chart will tell you um, when you look at it compared to someone else's how much potential for chemistry and how much potential for friendship there is oh, okay. in a chart. And so if you're wanting, like, you know, if you want someone to be able to, like, think the same way as you do the same things as you function the same way that you do, you're going to sacrifice a little bit of the chemistry there because it's not going to create that um, that dynamic sort of, like, fascination of someone that's like totally different to you that's kind of what creates that that by that sort of um that polarity if that makes sense but in theory in terms of navigating relationships basically this is the coolest most freeing thing is that what i've realized is that who i am is who i'm supposed to be in all moments of my life right so take me for example i'm a great listener and i'm able to guide people very practically on how to change their lives and what to do better right I was getting annoyed in my relationship because I was always helping my other half with his business and giving him tweaks and this and that. And I all of a sudden got my ego kind of took over uh, for 
period of time and was like why do I never get that back why doesn't he help me with my business and it should be equal in a relationship you know all this stuff that Mm. we tell ourselves and then I was like hold on a second I'm supposed to give in the way that is easy for me to give and he's supposed to give in the ways that are easy for him to give so instead of trying to be all the things that you think you have to be to be a good partner you're better off just emphasizing the stuff that comes really easy to you because that's what's going to make them feel most satisfied with what they're receiving from you this is brilliant one of the reasons i really do like this method is it helps us i think reduce our need to compare ourselves Mm. with everyone because Mm. it almost what you're telling me if i'm getting it right it's like honestly apples and oranges comparing themselves (laughs) we would never say like an orange is prettier than apple Mm -hmm. one's orange one's apple yeah totally and that's like the thing is that so much of our pain comes from those assumptions that we think we know someone but we just don't and this is just like a very on paper way of telling you no this is how someone is for example I mean I've known my mother for my whole life so 30 plus years but when I did her chart five years ago I completely it completely healed my relationship with her because I now understood why she does the thing she does. Mm. And sometimes misunderstanding is what causes us so much pain. So for me, oh, that's why she says these things sometimes or that's why she gets caught up in that or oh, she's meant to do more of this even though to me I find it annoying like that's her court, you know, that's a good side of her even though that's something that I lack you know even though that's something I'm not supposed to be it's okay to see it as something that shines in someone else and it's not personal and do you think it restricts anyone at all and I say this because when I found mm-hmm. out I was a generator mm-hmm. and generators are recommended to wait for life to light them up if mm-hmm. I'm right mm-hmm. I then got very annoyed because yeah. I was like, no, mm-hmm. I like <laughs> going yeah. for things. Yeah. So do you find that often it's self-restrictive and mm. actually it's not a good method for people? Yes. Um, the reason why I think there there are times when it can not be helpful to people is there is a lot of dogma and there is a lot of taking things too um, literally and too black and white, not just in human design, but I think in self-help personal development spirituality all of it together um you know anything that's like a tip that's going to help us grow we kind of want to like oh it's always this rule or only do that or it's you know it's this or nothing we don't take enough like personal responsibility over it we'd much rather hand someone else or another system our power and why do you think we do that it's quicker it's easier um we're so much of us are afraid of being big and powerful it's like the you know we've been told it's like one of the worst things you can be especially as a woman it's like oh who does she we fear like people look at us and think who does she think she is or oh that's going to alienate our friends from us or that's going to mean we're bad people or whatever it is so for example like with the generator thing and there's a lot of information online which is very misleading and doesn't feel good to people in terms of what the human design out there on the human design side of the internet like a lot of the information just isn't phrased in a helpful way so for me like waiting to respond the way I see that is not that you're sitting twiddling your thumbs (laughs) it's like you're out there being sparkly as you are out there being sparkly and the more sparkly you are and the more you're sharing your energy doing things that actually excite you the more the universe is going to send you things that excite you because it's like oh look who's living their design look who's aligned so therefore there's space in poppy for me to send her stuff that's going to excite her so if you're a generator it's not like sit at home and just wait for the universe it's like actually go do even the smallest thing that makes you your sparkliest Mm. and that's what the waiting is it's not it's not like a passive victim-y type of waiting i actually even hate the word waiting i just like acting on like a 
positive physical response or your excitement. Like that's all it is, just acting on your excitement. So like I said, I think the jargon and the wording is very um, old school and a little bit um, dogmatic, um, which is why I guess like my the big focus of my work is to reframe that for people. And what I started doing was doing like videos on my website um, so that people could understand different aspects of their charts and have it described to them in a way that is showing you your power rather than taking it away. So you can um, go online, do your chart, and then mm-hmm. you can find the explanation to your chart um, on your website. Yes. Yeah. So it's just jennazoe.com. And um, essentially what I did was I was my my um, waiting list for readings with me got up to a year and a half long. Wow. So I was like, there's got to be a way that I just, and I, and there's certain still people I couldn't see. So I was like, I still, ha- I have to figure out a way to have this be easy and accessible for people. And also there's so much information in a chart. We can't even cover like a 10th of it in an hour, which is a, like a time of a session. Like you could, you could talk about someone's shop about 10 hours, eight hours. So what I started doing was doing little videos, like half an hour to 45 minutes long on each different aspect of your chart. So like the thing we just talked about, the types, the five types, there's one for every energy type. Then there's one for every type of digestion. Then there's one for every type of how to work for your chart, like how to do work and how to align your purpose, how to manifest, like all these different things. So people can buy the videos of all the different parts of their chart and then put it together. And then you get like a super long customized reading instead of waiting to do an hour and even then you might not even get in all the information that you could get in by looking at it in your own time so you have the five energy types which Mm -hmm. are kind of the main ones i think people understand from human design Mm -hmm. but in terms of eating that's Mm -hmm. fascinating yeah (laughs) so your does your human design actually explores different ways that your what relationship with food yeah what do you mean by that it's kind of crazy um so there's several things in a chart that can tell us about the way someone's meant to eat um but the main thing is to do with digestion so there are 12 different types of digestion and then there are also six different um senses that you're supposed to be there's always one that is predominant in you which you're supposed to be like using to eat to read to receive information with like it's your strongest sense so um put that together six and twelve there's like 72 different combinations of like how best that you're supposed to eat and this is what i still find it absolutely fascinating with the 12 different digestive types some people are meant to eat hot food some people are meant to eat cold food for some people it's good that they eat the same thing every day you know those people that like to do that mm-hmm. like some for some people it's actually helpful for some people they are best off eating their biggest meal in the morning some people are best off eating their biggest meal or most of their calories at night Um, some people have what's called a passive brain which means they need less calories than people that have active brains because if you have an active brain you're going to be burning a lot more energy over the day because your brain is active right there's so many different variables about how we can sleep how we can rest how we can how we should be moving it's truly endless and there's so many different combos but yeah the digestion is a game changer because it gets rid of all that diet noise and almost like over intellectualizing food where if you are someone who was supposed to say eat the same thing every day um and then you're told like eat your five and get your variety and eat seasonally and eat locally and all this stuff and you're like but I just want to eat the same thing every day. And my brother's girlfriend is like that. She's a Victoria's mm. Secret supermodel. And she legitimately eats the same thing every day. And it's not like the typical thing. It's not the healthy thing or whatever. And she's literally, she's in the best shape of her life more than she was when she was getting ready for the Victoria's Secret show, eating steamed spinach and blueberries and everything like that. Now she eats like linguine with clams every day and sushi at night. And that's like everything that she's always 
felt like doing, but she's intellectualized herself out of doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so so just to kind of dive into these books, I I think the conditioned brain is something that Mm. it's definitely been something I've become more aware of being in this work. First of all, how would you explain to people conditioning and what would you say of the main limiting beliefs most of the people you see play out? So conditioning is essentially all the messages we have picked up about who we should be or how to, not even specifically towards us, but what is the best kind of human being or what's the best way to thrive or this is this is the only way to get to success, for example. And they're not always so obvious like that. Like it's not necessarily told to us. Let's go through some of the basic ones. So like the one we started talking about how work is like validates you, working hard is like good validation and, you know, some people including me in my whole 20s I actually would have much rather have been not making a penny and struggling than doing well and doing it effortlessly like mm. that's so crazy you know yeah good days hard work yeah kind of thing. 100% yeah. Um, the other one I think is really prevalent is like codependency so you validate yourself on like giving so much and doing so much for people and like almost being a little bit of a martyr sometimes mm. um, I think that's another big one um, another societal conditioning is it's almost like we get too enmeshed so it's like being together is always better than being apart and then right. being apart if you're apart you're kind of like um, everyone who kind of takes time or wants to take space from themselves there's still this guilt over doing that because it's going to mean that you're like not fun or not together with people or you don't want to participate or you don't want to be part of it like saying no that's another big thing where it's like if you say no oh you're a party pooper or oh you just you know why do you always stay home and this you know like there's a there's a bit of that one too then there's also this like confidence one where we think that confidence has to be this loud proud like that's Mm. what confidence looks like to our generation whereas confidence is actually nothing to do with how loud or how quiet you are that's just in our makeup that's just our different designs Mm. and true confidence is underneath it's like a quieter more subtle um process of like recognizing oneself um and then i also think that we have a huge one around the material stuff like money success power influence impact if that's inherent to you that you've always wanted that or that you are driven by that almost having this belief that that's going to make you better than people or worse than people so we do what I call ranging, where we're constantly assessing who's above and who's below whereas actually there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting money if unless you believe that you have to trample on someone to get there or mm. that makes you better than someone or that someone else is going to have to lose out or you know all those kinds of things it's those beliefs we have around just the inherent wanting of money or the inherent wanting of success or impact or whatever that makes it a low consciousness conditioning yeah scarcity that's um Mm. you know that feeling of if i have it someone else can't Mm. Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a big one yeah there was i forget where i heard this but that like it totally changed my like the way that i saw it was someone was saying that um you know in the old days if you wanted to go buy a like a song you have to go to the store and if there was any one left on the shelf you could like you'd have to buy it but then that means there's none left for everyone else to buy whereas now you go to the itunes or whatever and you download it there's one in the cloud and you have one yourself so you've literally multiplied its availability on the planet by downloading it for yourself and that's the way we should think about um you know all the good things that we bring into our lives it's it's literally no threat to everyone else because we genuinely are living in a time now where everyone can have their dreams come true amazing um uh, before we finish i would love uh, for you to uh, finish the question okay start 
So the best piece of advice I've been given was? Um, you know, actually, the best one probably comes from my sister, which, and she tells it to me all the time, which is stop timelining. And timelining is what she calls, like, I guess, like being in a rush to get somewhere and then berating for not being in that place just yet. And also expecting that people go at a certain speed or, like, get things even like just not having patience with people or having patience with myself and expecting myself to get things quicker than I actually do first thing in the morning I I want to say something really profound but I look at Instagram (laughs) (laughs) usually usually sometimes I meditate but yeah before I go to sleep I um, I take a homeopathic remedy called Coffea Cruda. All it does is it counterbalance. It's like the balance for our mental overactivity. So mm. I feel like most of the times when I can't sleep, it's because my mind starts going. And if I take that and it just calms my mind down, then I have no trouble in the actual falling asleep. Okay, I will make sure I get that link from Jenna and share it with 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 life changing and yeah, in the show notes. <laughs> and the person I love most in the world is me good I love that answer and people say that if I could do it again I would I would I just would I do it all if you really knew me you would know that I'm very confusing but I think that the same way about so many people is that people who kind of know us think of us like only see like one lane of us Mm. and we have so many different types of lanes and I think I've really learned to accept that all those lanes are equally valid even though most people only see one side there's like there's equal importance to like let all the other sides come out so jenna how can we find you um i know we addressed this a little bit in the show but Mm. please give it to us again how do we find you on social how do we find your material so um all of my uh, videos are on jennazoe.com that's just j-e-n-n-a-z-o-e.com and um my instagram is the same just at jennazoe amazing That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.